0: J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations Finance Smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have a millennial music chat with singer Tyler Williams. your money with Shauna Compton Gain. It will expand your brain.
1: We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future, too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit
0: sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.
2: Hey there, welcome to another edition of Lifestyle Thursday for Millennial Money. We appreciate you joining us. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you listening to this episode, uh, and we appreciate you uh, for every episode that you – Tune in to and download. Uh, we really appreciate you, you joining us. So uh, this week we're going to talk about country music and more importantly, uh, singer songwriter Tyler Williams. And so you have some ambition in your life, right? We all do. We, ha- I mean, you have some goals you want to set? And maybe you are in the middle of setting your goals. It's, uh, you know, it's a new year. You're like, okay, I want to do this uh, this year. Or I want to do that. Or maybe you are in the middle of whatever. You're you're going to school. You went back to school. Um, you know, you have a job, but you want to get a better job. We all have that. We all have our goals and, and, you know, ideas for our life and, uh, and singer songwriter country singer songwriter, if you will, Tyler Williams, he is, uh, just like everybody else. However, this guy might be one of the busiest dudes around. Okay. So he's a singer songwriter. He is a NASCAR driver. Yes. I said that it's a NASC- He's a NASCAR driver. How many NASCAR drivers do you know that are singer songwriters? successful ones, no less. He's an actor. He's also an author where he's written a very successful uh, book. Uh, So, yep, this guy seriously has a lot of irons in a lot of fires these days. And for a guy so busy and so driven, you would never guess that at a young age, he caught a bad case of stage fright and almost like ended his multi-career path. He almost like decided, nope, that's it. I'm never going to be on stage again. This freaks me out. And he's going to go into more of that. But even with so much on this young singer-songwriter's uh plate these days, he still found time to record a brand new album, Good For Me, which drops January twenty-sixth. And we so we caught up with Tyler Williams, uh, the singer-songwriter, at his home in Atlanta, and he talked about his about was stage fright. And the journey it took him to get over some of that stuff, uh, which led him going into uh, race car driving, then into singing singing again. And what happened was it was a, a magical night at a karaoke bar. And his friend nudged him on stage. And he's like, I ain't going to go on stage. And he's like, once he got there, started to you know lay down some karaoke. And he's like, oh, wait a second. I'm supposed to be doing this. I mean, we all have that, right? We all have those times where maybe like, Oh, I really don't want to do that. Cause that's going to push me in a, in a, you know, outside my comfort zone. Well, he was pushed outside of his comfort zone and you know, it launched a whole other career, a whole other side of them. And he's really proud of his brand new album. Good for me. So, He's going to talk about that. So enjoy our conversation with singer-songwriter Tyler Williams. We will have the link to his album in our show notes. So check that out as well as some bonus coverage. We have a a, a new video he has up there and everything. So so go on over to our website and check out the show notes for that. So enjoy our conversation with singer-songwriter and all-around busy dude Tyler Williams. Drinking more than I probably should be Never stop at two or three Shoot it down till I lose my memory Like it was good for me Light a fire on this Marlboro Red But I just can't quite kick it yet So I burn it down and try to Tyler, thanks for coming on the show. We totally appreciate uh, you joining us from Atlanta. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to share a little bit about my journey and see what uh, we can get into today. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking of your journey, I mean, I I don't even know where to start with you because you have your hand in so many different things, you know, from a race car driver to actor to author to, to singer.
1: Yeah, I get that look a lot where people are like, (laughs) wait, hold on. What what are you talking about right now? Uh, Because I I do have my hand in a lot of things, but they're things that I love doing. And it feels natural to me to be doing each one of those things. And luckily right now it all flows pretty well. And uh, schedule can get busy sometimes, but uh, I love it. And it's super fun to get to do each one of those things in their own way. They're all, it feels the same. When I'm out there doing those things, but they're also vastly different, and what you have to bring to the table to to do them at that level, and so I'm just having fun.
2: Well, and in, in a few years ago, you almost didn't have you know really a career at all, um, where you, you kind of let fear kind of get in the way. Tell us about that journey where you you uh, at a house party, I guess you 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 had you know had a bad experience performing and stuff.
1: Yeah, so if we go way back, yeah. I was performing in a choir as a kid mm-hmm. in middle school. You have to sing at the fabulous Fox Theater in Atlanta, hmm. which is like 4,000, 5,000 seat venue. It's iconic. Yeah. yeah. and I, I've, seen, I've seen a couple of shows it, there. Yeah, it's a great place. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. And at that age, the first year we got to, to do the performance, it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And that was just a fun experience. It was like, man, this is amazing. We're kids. We get to do this. The second year, when they asked us to come back, it clicked that people make this a career. And so I remember the final night, the final performance, Getting ready to go on stage, thinking I want to do this for life—not necessarily entertaining on, you know, Broadway style musicals. I just wanted to be on stage because it was such a, a mesmerizing experience. Well, fast forward to that house party, just a few years later, wrapping up middle school, and so I had a few friends over, and you know, it wasn't a big crowd. It wasn't four thousand people. There was just a dozen friends or so. Buddies of mine got together. We didn't practice. We just showed up. Mm-hmm. And most musicians, if you don't practice when you're that young, you don't really have a clue what you're doing. And so I forgot the words to the very first song, and it was a pretty rough start. And in, in the middle of it, I didn't know what to do other than walk off. And so I, I walk away. My friends keep playing. I turn the, the corner and just stand in the hallway watching my buddies keep playing. And I, I wasn't you know, throwing things. I wasn't crying. It was just internally I said, I'll never do that again and for a decade from that moment. I have no memory of singing or performing on stage. Even to fear public speaking, just getting up in front of people was such a terrifying experience for yeah. me that I was. it was just, you know, there was no music in my life other than singing in the car, singing in the shower hmm. and the few friends around me that would know, okay, like he can sing, he just won't do it. Hmm. Right.
2: Right. And then did, did you get into to race car driving, NASCAR driving like after that, like after
1: college and stuff or? Yeah, so NASCAR, I got involved. You know, my uncles were mechanics, so I was around cars growing up as a kid. And they were involved in mud drag racing, so I had a little bit of fun doing that. But I really, from the time I was 11 years old, I'd been watching racing on TV and watching Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. Mm. And it really was something that I was just drawn to mm. beyond just being a kid, going, you know, man, this is cool. It's like, I want to do this. I want to I be that guy. And so I had the opportunity when I was 19, so I hadn't been seeing him for a long time at this point, you know, probably five or so years, six years. Mm-hmm. And we got into a, a late model, which is kind of an entry-level path to go make it uh, to the big stage in NASCAR. And we started 19 years old and for about five, six years ran all throughout Georgia and got a lot of experience in the NASCAR Weekly Series, uh, tested a NASCAR E-Series car, which is basically an Xfinity series style car mm. and at the end of that five, six year journey, it's looking like, okay, my family's gotten me this far and my racing experience and the money that we'd win back. You know, we, we kind of hit that point of going, okay, we need a quarter million dollars, half million dollars, million dollars to progress to those next levels. Well, my family didn't have that kind of money mm-hmm. to support that and it, you know, 23, 24 years old, I had no clue how to sell that kind of sponsorship. And truthfully, I didn't know how to sell that in a way that would show that these companies that I can add value to what they're trying to do. It was all about me, right? It's like, hey, I I can drive the car, like come join me versus me trying to figure out how to help them market and and connect to their fan base and and build up their brand. So I just had a bad mindset and I got out of racing, was really jaded, uh, just didn't want to see it I mean, I, I stopped going to the track and just knowing people who had a little bit more money than I had or better connections because they knew somebody at this company or their family started this mm-hmm. big company and they could spend $5 million a year. So I just turned my back on it. And there was a period of, say, five to six years where I, I wasn't really doing music or racing um, other than just a little bit of karaoke. And that was, that was the, the only connection to entertainment that I had uh, until just a few years ago. Right. So what's, what made
2: you kind of get back into singing again then? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of
1: those moments where if you say, Hey, like what's the turning point (laughs) in your life, right? the aha moment. Yeah. Like, what made this happen for you? The only thing, and it's very clear. I was (laughs) was in the middle of a breakup as a girl. I thought I could end a marriage and that relationship could end up being the one and it ended And I found myself. I was having dinner with a buddy of mine. We were at uh, one of the local wing places who happened to have karaoke going on that night. And this is a guy that I I probably known for about a decade. And and we're sitting there listening to karaoke, and somehow we just get in the conversation of like him saying like You need to get up there. I go do this." And he he was kind of poking me, saying, "All right, your turn, your turn to go do this." And inside, I really wanted to, but I had that massive fear, just that feeling of I can't like that if I get up there, something's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to forget the words I'm, you know, timing, whatever excuse after excuse. And it's basically comes down to him going, you know, Hey, like there's words on the screen. It's not even live band karaoke where you got to have timing down. Like the words are going to light up as you need to sing them. Just do it. Yeah. And so I got up there after about three Jack and Cokes, (laughs) had to have, get a little bit of courage going. And, and after that moment went up there and sang, and it was like, this is what I've been missing.
0: That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. OK, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today, and I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to do's. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized, because that's not one of my strengths, without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm. And start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show. Notion.com/etm. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnin provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Make Earning a part of your financial routine and join Earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earning, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under Podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under Podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: You know, it's like all the things that I put aside mm-hmm. and that one moment came flooding back It just, you know, it's not like it's a big crowd again. It's it's, it's a restaurant. Mm-hmm little bar situation and you're just performing to a few people who half of them truthfully, they aren't paying attention and uh and that night I, I did I believe it was a, a Jason Aldean and a Dierks Bentley song um and it just it lit me up it was mm-hmm. like man like that that's what it's about and, and that kick-started this journey that I'm on now you know right like, and that, in that moment you could have told me hey this is where we're gonna be in 10 years and I would have said yeah i don't know about that (laughs) right 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 Right. but to have that be the catalyst moment where that started the journey from Mm -hmm. doing karaoke for a few years just for fun having friends come out support because they enjoy hearing you sing Mm -hmm. to a buddy comes back from being overseas in afghanistan and we go and do an open mic night and that leads to an introduction to another buddy that was in his unit who plays guitar and we start doing some stuff together and then it it snowballs from there to you're doing, uh, you know, fraternity, sorority events, acoustic stuff, mm-hmm. and still just doing all covers. Mm-hmm. But you're getting out there playing and having fun, and and that you know, one guy leaves and goes to Nashville, and he chases his dream, and then you got to find another guy, and so just all these little pieces over the course of years fall into place, and I got to a point where I, I felt like I needed to tell my story because so many people I've encountered whether they're young or they're old, have these stories mm. of they wanted to do something, but they never did. Right. And, 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 and you did, you
2: did that in, in your book too, right? That you just released last year. I, I have a voice. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it it wasn't because I thought my story was so powerful that, you know, I had to go out and do this. And if I didn't, I'm going to miss out mm. on something. It's just for that one person who might read it. It's like, you know, that could change someone's trajectory because they make a decision, you know, Hey, like I need to go after this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that dream that I once had, like it, I can reawaken that or, you know, somebody who's still 15, but they've got people around them saying, no, you can't do that. I want them to be able to think about stuff on their own and go, you know what? It might not look like what everybody else thinks it should look like, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give it a shot because it matters to me. And truthfully, you know, I've, I've found, you know, people at 20, at 30, that you know, even a 40, 50, they're still trying to figure things out to a point where when you realize that your voice does matter, not just like singing in and performing right. and being on stage, yeah. but just how we interact with people, connect with people. That's where real life change happens and opportunities. You know, you just have one conversation with somebody and that inspires you to, to go do something different. You know, my yeah. buddy sitting there at karaoke going, Hey, like you should do this. Right. And, and so being able to share that in a book where it's not, you know, I could have written the the five steps to finding your voice, mm-hmm. but I'm just such a believer that every life experience is so different that if I just shed light on my story and kind of echoed back, hey, like, what do you see within the story? Maybe there's something from each chapter that you could pick up and apply or think about as you become more self-aware of your life situation. And so put the book out. And as I was finishing the book, it's like, I need social proof that I've overcome this thing that mm. I can get up on stage and not just speak, but actually sing. And so, went to the studio and five songs in five days, uh, just knocked them out. Mm. I had never written a song before, other than you know when I was, I think, twelve years old. I wrote some uh, songs with inspiration from Boys to Men. Mm. <laughs> uh, I was rocking some Mariah Carey Boys to Men mm-hmm. and uh, listening to some of that stuff. And so, I think I wrote two songs. that I remember. And it was like every other word was baby. He was like baby this, baby that. <laughs> right. Um, I wish I had those. Um, uh, I've lost those over time. But um, these are the first songs I'd ever written. And that turned into the Believe Again EP, which came mm. out with the book. Mm. And it was my first introduction to getting in the studio and just learning how to go and, and put something down. And it was a huge learning experience. You know, you're, you're already you made this book happen, which is a big experience sure. to learn how to to, you know, take something and put it on paper and make it something that's powerful. And the same with music. And I wasn't totally sure. You know, my whole hope was that I could just inspire people to the book. And what I found is the music has done that just as much. And so over the last year and a half, I uh, just decided, hey, I need to push further into music because I don't think that story is done yet. Mm. And right. so made made a bunch of trips back and forth to Nashville. I still live down here in Atlanta. Mm. Uh, I've been going back and forth to Nashville and got together with some great people, wrote a a lot of good songs, and that's turned into this next project called good for me. Right. And that's the,
2: that's the new album coming out in January then, right?
1: Yeah. In the January, it's going to be out all digital outlets. Uh, You can stream a few songs. We've got some singles out there Mm -hmm. already out on Spotify and other digital outlets. And uh, it's just, it's, been an amazing journey to look back and okay that one night in karaoke was pushing 10 years ago and to see Mm. now in this moment not just music coming to life again but racing Mm. you know after taking a lot of time away from racing i'm back into it Mm. and really looking down the road going okay if this is just the beginning where can we take this and that's what has me most excited having this project coming out being at the racetrack more and just seeing you know, I gave up on music years ago. I gave up on racing years ago without seeing it through. And so I'm excited to start this new music, new music racing journey Mm -hmm. and see where we can end up.
2: Well, what was the response, uh, that you've had with the
1: book and stuff? It's, you know, I primarily wrote that thinking, okay, if I'm writing to like a 15 year old, they're just, they're just getting started. They're trying to figure it out. What would I want them to know? But the response has been so varied from the 15 year old all the way to the 65 year old
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and people saying, you know, I read this one chapter and it made me think about that time when I was 15 or 12 years old or 18. And obviously it's not going to change my life in one instant, but it made me think about things differently and gave me a new perspective. I actually had one person recently uh, who read it early on and they didn't like it. (laughs) there's something about it. It didn't really connect with him. Right. And they let me know that. And then recently they circled back around and said, you know what? Like there's some stuff going on in my life. And I reread the book and it took a little bit of different meaning. And I I get it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I I think the heart. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that to me is the beauty in it is that maybe you read it and it doesn't fully connect, but then you go through something and you go, you know what? Like, There may be things in here that still, for me, might not be the thing, Mm -hmm. but I get it now and understand it because our voices do matter in all the life situations we go through, whether it's family dynamics or relationship dynamics with significant others or friends, and then you throw in all the other stuff we do with just life, you know, going out and working or going to school and all the things that can happen in those scenarios. I mean, life can get heavy, and we can be ashamed of things that we've done or things that have happened to us or just not know where to go in life. And having people say, "Hey, like just that opened my mind to think differently about that one situation," and now it kind of gave me clarity to move forward. That's all I can ask for.
2: Right, and I think the hardest thing for all of us is to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and you know, and go, "Oh, you know, I need to maybe make some changes and stuff." So, yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the themes you have on this new album? Then, I mean, have you kind of carried that over in, into the new album?
1: Yeah. So this new album is you know, a lot of relationship stuff, you know, different ideas from that relationship that should have worked out or could have worked out, but it, it didn't. And you look back and it's like, man, it was so simple that it should have worked out. It just didn't. And so kind of thinking back about that or the relationship where, you know, you're doing these things that you don't want to be doing and you just, you can't help it. And so you're thinking about that relationship that was good for you. Um, and the different scenarios, like, I'm the guy who I'm not outwardly just going to like immediately go for the girl that you see and be like, Hey, like my name's Tyler. And so we got a song called out of the blue. That's kind of like, Hey, you've been kind of standing in the corner watching hmm. and just observing. And then it's like, you know what? Like I've got to make my move. <laughs> and so you make that split second decision to go after introducing yourself and saying, Hey, and, and making that move and seeing what happens. Hmm. And, um, and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of different stuff. There's, you know, some, some slow stuff. There's some, Uh, Up-tempo stuff. Uh, It's a a solid seven tracks. Good listening. And people, you know, what I love is when I share it with people and they go, I'm not really a country fan, but, man, that was interesting. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I always find that conversation really interesting because you you think just being in the racing world, you're going to get a lot of traditional country fans. Sure. Right. To be moving out and and share it with people who, you know, I'm a blues guy, or I'm a rock guy, and, Mm and they're like, but that one song, that was really cool. I like that. Um, it's good stuff. Do you
2: do you carry some of the same uh, you know mentality when you go on stage that you do uh, when you get in the, in the car for a race and stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's you know people think well you're a race car driver you must be super intense and really focused and for me it's you know racing is as much about the experience of being out there almost like a meditative state by yourself mm-hmm. where you're you have this machine and you're trying to get the best out of that and then you have the track and then you have people that you're racing against Mm -hmm. and so it's a real unique place for me to be because it's not so much about this super laser focused a journal and junkie situation it's it's literally getting the best out of the equipment that you can get
2: Mm mm-hmm
1: and then you go over to the, the music and the performing side of it. And it's much more about the connection with people because you're looking and you have faces staring right back at you mm-hmm. and you have their experiences and their reactions and their expression as you're telling the stories and singing the songs. And so the preparation, it's, it's similar. You know, I don't really change the, the way I would prepare for one or the other, but once you get out there and you're doing it, the, the way they feel are very different things for me. And, and so I, I love that I can do both and have two vast sets of experience where, you know, in the sprint car racing, what I'm doing now, you've got to really get up on the wheel and hustle it and you're focused and it's very meditative and then you get on stage and you still kind of go in your own zone, but it's much more, you're now feeling that experience with other people Mm -hmm. versus the solo
2: piece in the car. Right. On your own kind of like just, yeah, just take on the other
1: drivers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're in sprint cars, especially, you know, the NASCAR style, you've got a spotter and a crew chief and some radios. And so as you're driving, they can be communicating, Okay, this is happening around you. This is what's going on. And the sprint cars, the only radio that you have is to listen to the tower. And they only talk if there's a caution or something happens out Mm. on the track. So Mm. you could be out there for the whole race and not hear anybody else. It's just you. Mm and you being in tune with the track and the other drivers to be aware that, okay, like this guy's about to fly around on the outside. Cause I can hear the vibration of the sound from his muffler hmm. pushing up out into the wall. And I hear that re- reverb going back into my, my ear, you know, that right side ear, I can hear that sound or on the inside, I can hear the left side. So it's a lot of situational awareness that is really different from music for sure. Wow. What what uh What were you
2: listening to? You mentioned you know the voice to men and stuff like that. What were you listening to growing up? That you kind of that you know you, you went, I went
1: got into into music and stuff. Yes, I mean growing up, the things that I really remember early on were my mom listened to a lot of Christian gospel type music, mm-hmm. and my dad listened to what would have been the oldies, uh, a lot of stuff from you know, the seventies, and, and so that you know the the Christian stuff would have been boys to men or sorry no, boys to men. Um, would have been DC talk and exactly. Michael W Smith. Right. Right. And, you know, anything from you know Marvin Gaye and just stuff like that, where it's, you know, creates Clearwater revival, CCR, stuff like that. Um, that was a lot of the really early stuff. And then as I started getting into some of my own taste, it, that was when the boys to men and Mariah Carey stuff started coming in and uh, a lot, a lot of that pop stuff, you know, the kind of the later Michael Jackson stuff, mm-hmm. um, really was, was hitting on some of that. And then my brother, he got into country music mm. and initially it's like, yeah, I don't know about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, it took me a little while to come around to that style, but as I did, you know, I just kind of hung on to you know, Alan Jackson, mm. what was massive George Strait. But, mm-hmm. you know, those guys were just powerhouses. Garth Brooks was, it was, was large and killing it. And, um, and then from there, it's just been, a, you know, music is, is music. And so I just, I don't latch on to like that one trend and go for it. For me, it's, it's all things. Mm -hmm. And if it sounds good and it feels right, you know, the first thing I hear when I, when I'm listening for music is more sonically, what does it feel like to me? Mm -hmm. And so I I don't necessarily catch the lyrics to begin with. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for that feel of the melody and the structure and just what other sounds are, are going on within the arrangement. And so that could be today something that's from modern country. It could be mm-hmm. traditional country. It could be, you know, pop music, top 40. I mean, it, it's so varied and it's all over the place. But to me, the inspiration, you know, any, anytime anybody's like, oh, what's, what's the favorite? I'm like, man, favorites are such a hard thing because there's just so many pieces that make up things that I like that giving you that one really, it takes away from everything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, I, I think these days, too, there's so
2: much influence from so many different directions for country music. It's kind of evolved into into so many different almost, you know, styles and genres, if you will. Yeah,
1: the, the subgenres within country music right now, I think it's as varied as ever. And I I love the conversation when somebody says, well, I, I want traditional music. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, like, there's, that stuff's there. Like, maybe it's not on the radio as much as you want. Mm-hmm. But man with the way we can stream music now there's access to so many different forms of country music. Exactly. And it and it's not just one style that wins the day. There's the full range. I mean there's it's unlimited. So I I, I love country music right now because you can find something for everybody. And yeah, maybe it's not on the radio as much as you want, but the ability to connect with you know different artists and and have stuff out there and you know, it's, it's a real interesting time for country music, and I like that. So tell us where, where we can find
2: uh, your, any of your stuff, really. Where, where's the best place we can get your, your music and your book and everything like that?
1: Yep. You can find the book on Amazon.com. Just search I Have a Voice, Tyler Williams. If you want to connect with me personally, you can visit the website, tylerwilliamslive.com. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is t williams live. Facebook is Tyler Live. And uh, all the music's available everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. I just love the support anywhere and everywhere. If you want to share it, listen to it, and just uh, see the progression, I think people are going to see from the Believe Again EP to this new project, good for me. They're going to see the growth as an artist and as a songwriter and uh, hopefully be excited about the the journey of where this thing's going to go because I think we're just getting started.
0: What I love about Tyler's story is... He's just going for it. He's going for so many different things. He has so many different passions. And I think too often we we really limit ourselves with what we're trying to achieve and our goals. And we talk ourselves out of things that, you know, we really should be pushing ourselves into. And then I also love hearing stories of, you know, people's journey, because I think it reminds us all that the road is not straight. It's very curvy. It's up and down and backwards and forwards. And I, I I just wish more people would talk about that more often. So as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. You can check out Jeff at Instagram at the Traveling Game. Head on over to the link in our show notes, and you'll find all the information about Tyler Williams. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor: share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, use the hashtag Millennial Money Podcast, and head on over to the link in the show notes to leave us a review.